Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Inner Peace to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so happy you're here. So today I'm kicking off a little mini series. I'm super excited. I'm calling it the Shondaland series. I don't even fully know if I'm allowed to call it that, but that's what I'm calling it. Why am I calling it that? Because since January of this year, January 2022, I have been writing a monthly article for Shondaland.com about well-being, about mental well-being. You know, my favorite topic to learn about, to study, and to talk about. So Shondaland.com is a lifestyle website. If you're not familiar, Shondaland.com is a lifestyle website, which I have long loved. Like, I am so happy to be writing for them. And it was created by Shonda Rhimes, who, as you probably know, is the visionary behind shows like Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and Bridgerton. She is amazing. And she has this lifestyle website. They cover health and wellness, but also fashion and books and television and all kinds of stuff. So I have read it since it started and now I'm writing for them. So I'm super stoked and I'm super glad to be writing about mental health and mental well-being. And I've been learning so much as I've been doing these these articles. So I thought it would be fun to share with you some of what I've been learning. I'm going to include the links to the articles um, in the show notes, but I just wanted to talk about some of what I've discovered. Some of it is not such a discovery. I mean, some of it's kind of obvious, but we can all use these reminders. Speaking for myself, I can use these reminders and maybe you can too, because Mental well-being is something that we all desire, obviously. That feeling of ease, that feeling of being okay with yourself and okay with your life, okay with your body, okay with your brain, that to me is kind of what inner peace is about, just feeling like I'm all right and no matter what happens, like I got me, so I'm good. So that's kind of what the series has been about the series of articles. And that's what this little mini series of podcasts will be about. So for the next few weeks, I will be spotlighting one story each week. So I hope you enjoy it. And I'm super excited to share what I've been learning. So the first story that I did for the Shondaland.com site in the, oh, the series is called A Path to Wellbeing. So the first installment was called Embrace the Basics of Sleep, Nutrition, and Exercise. So this ran in January when so many of us are, you know, making New Year's resolutions about like, I'm going to work out more, I'm going to eat better. But there's a reason why sleep, nutrition, and exercise are always talked about as sort of the foundation of good health. They really are the cornerstone of good mental and physical health. And they're accessible to all of us. Eating healthy food, that might be the one that's hardest to to handle for people who are like on a limited budget or don't have access to supermarkets, you know, if they live in a food desert. But by and large, these are things we can all make choices towards to improve our sleep, to improve our exercise, to improve our nutrition. So 
we all know we're supposed to get enough sleep. We all know we're supposed to eat fruits and vegetables. We all know we're supposed to exercise. But if you're like me, I mean, when your life gets busy and things get kind of hectic, these are kind of the first things to go. We stay up late to finish more work or to get something else done off our to-do list or to finally relax because we were so busy all day. We grab food from the drive-thru because there's nothing in the house. We haven't had time to shop and we haven't had time to cook and we're hungry on the way home. We take exercise off the list because there's so many other demands on our time and that feels kind of like a luxury. So that is why these things, even though they're basics and even though we already know them, that's why it's important, I think, to really drill it down and really highlight how significant they are for our well-being and and because we do have access to these things. We can decide when to go to sleep. We can decide to take a walk. We can decide to skip the drive-through and eat a salad instead. I wanted to share, you know, I've learned this lesson like over and over again. When I was early in my journalism career, really striving, really trying to do my best and really burning the candle at both ends by just constantly working, I started to feel super exhausted and fatigued to the point that I was like, hmm, maybe I should see my doctor. And I was young, like there should have been no reason why I felt so crappy. And I remember I went to my general doctor and I told her, you know, I'm just fatigued all the time. I just don't have any energy. I feel burnt out all the time. And she told me, you know, sleep eight hours a night, eat three meals a day, and exercise three times a week. And if you don't feel better in a few weeks, we'll talk about putting you on antidepressants. And it was such a wake-up call because, like, those were all things I could actually do. Those weren't, like, you have some disease or, you know, you need this type of treatment. It was just like, take care of yourself, dude. So it's, it's obvious, but we can also use the reminder. At least I can. So the first part of the story was about sleep. And I think that sleep, not just I think, I mean, it's just a biological truth that sleep is essential for well-being. It's essential for our bodies and brains to function at their best it is required of organisms to sleep. We need it. It's not optional. I am so passionate about the importance of sleep that I did a whole episode on it. It's episode 12 if you want to go back and check it out. But it's easy to skimp on sleep because our culture prizes productivity. Our culture is about hustle, hustle, hustle. How busy are you? What are you getting done? So that's kind of the antithesis of sleep, which is I am sleeping. I'm not getting anything done. My eyes are closed and I am horizontal. We sacrifice sleep for work, for socializing, for family time, even for watching TV. But this is honestly a mistake because sleep gives us what we need to be more productive during the day, to be more resilient to the stresses that come. It's just essential, it's not a luxury, and it is so good for us. Okay, sleep is when your muscles repair themselves from whatever you've done during the day. It's when your skin, you know, re-collagenizes. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word for it, but it's, you know, it's when your body heals itself, basically. And it is powerfully beneficial for our brains. While we're sleeping is when your memories synthesize. It's when the knowledge and experiences of the day kind of go deeper into the grooves where they're supposed to go. And it's also the time when your brain 
cleans itself out. So there's this system called the glymphatic system, which is a fluid that washes away metabolic debris and waste proteins, things that could otherwise form the plaques that cause cognitive decline and dementia. So while you're sleeping is when that happens. And if you're getting enough sleep, your body and brain has time to go through that whole process. It's critical. We want to keep our brains sharp for as long as possible. And sleep is one of the keys. It's also sleep is so essential for our mood, as I mentioned. I mean, when you've gotten enough sleep, you feel more energized, you feel more optimistic, you feel more patient. I mean, I don't need to tell you this. You know what it feels like if you've had a night of tossing and turning, you're kind of cranky and on edge. Well, sleep does the opposite. Sleep lets you have full access to your resilience, to your patience. It's just awesome. It's so necessary. Getting enough sleep has made a huge difference in my life. I didn't do it back then when the doctor told me to do it. It took like a full-on meltdown before I finally prioritized it, but it's made a huge difference. And now I'm so protective of my sleep because it just makes everything in life easier and better for me. So here's a few ways you can start getting more sleep. One is to set an alarm for bedtime. So if you can be watching TV or reading a book and all of a sudden look up and it's way past midnight, this could be really beneficial to set an alarm for bedtime. Just the same way you set an alarm to wake up, you set one for bedtime and it lets you know it's time to start getting into my PJs and getting into bed. And it doesn't have to be drastic. Maybe start by setting it just 15 minutes earlier than the time you usually go to bed and you can kind of step that down as you go. Another great way to not only get more sleep, but make your sleep more restful, make it easier to drift off, is to develop a nighttime routine. This doesn't have to be complicated or fancy. My nighttime routine is literally putting on pajamas, brushing my teeth, and washing my face. But when I do that, it's signaling to my body and brain that we're winding down. This is time for bed. We're going to be getting into bed after this. And again, it doesn't have to be anything complicated or fancy, but it's just a routine. It's a set of repeated behaviors that signify we're getting ready to wind down. It's bedtime. A third tip, a lot of experts talk about this, is turning off your devices at least a half an hour before bed. So that's phones, tablets, TVs, computers. Not only because these things stimulate us, you know, like we keep scrolling or we, you know, autoplay the next episode. It's also because of the blue light that comes off of these devices. That blue light suppresses the release of melatonin, which is a natural chemical in the body that signifies it's time for sleep. So as the sun goes down, our melatonin naturally rises, our melatonin levels rise, and that tells the body that the day is ending, it's going to be time for sleep. Well, the blue light from our digital devices interferes with this process. So it could artificially keep you awake, just the blue light alone, not to mention the content that you're consuming, you know, right up until you're supposed to just close your eyes and go to bed. So those are a few tips to help with getting more sleep. Okay, the next basic of well-being is nutrition. Everybody knows that fruits and vegetables are good for us and french fries and pizza should be consumed in moderation. We all know that. But what's really important when it comes to mental well-being and food 
is what nutritional psychologists are discovering. So nutritional psychology is an emerging field of science. And what they're finding is that people who eat more fruits and vegetables, more natural plant foods, report greater well-being. Why is that? They're still finding out, but one of the reasons probably has something to do with our gut microbiome. So the gut microbiome is these bacteria that live in our digestive tract and intestinal lining. There's trillions of them. They're microbes and bacteria that, that live in there and do our digesting for us. And they actually do a lot more than scientists realize. So this is another emerging field of science. They're learning a lot about what happens with these gut microbes. And it turns out that these microbes play a great role in producing brain chemicals that affect mood. To me, this is fascinating. So for instance, serotonin, which is the neurotransmitter that a lot of antidepressant pills work on, serotonin is produced mostly in the gut. 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. That's the job of these microbes and bacteria. So you'd think it's a brain chemical, so it's produced in the brain. It's not. Other mood-affecting chemicals that are produced in the gut include dopamine, which you've probably heard of. It's like a pleasure chemical. And GABA, which is a calming chemical. These are produced in the gut and they're produced by these microbes. So these microbes are affected by what we eat. We can change the composition of the bacteria in our gut through what we eat. If you eat a bunch of crap, the microbes get crappy. If you eat a bunch of plant foods, the microbes are happy. We want our microbes to be happy because we want to be happy. So to me, this is absolutely fascinating. What we eat affects our gut bacteria, which ultimately affects the brain. So the gut bacteria really like fibrous foods. If you've heard of probiotics and prebiotics, we're talking about feeding those gut bacteria. That's what that's about. Probiotics is actually the bacteria themselves, and prebiotics are the food that those bacteria eat. They like fibrous plant foods. So this could be a reason why people who are eating more plant foods report being happier. There's probably other things at play, but this is something we can really do. So to try and include some plant foods in the diet just makes great sense for our gut health, our brain health, and our body health. You already know how food affects mood, I'm sure, because we've all experienced that hangry feeling when it's like been too long since we've eaten. And most of us have also experienced that desire to, you know, dive headfirst into ice cream when there's heartbreak or stress. So food and mood are connected. The relationship is complex, but science tells us that eating more fibrous foods boosts the diversity of our gut microbiome, which in turn helps us produce brain chemicals that make us feel better, that improve our mood. So a few ways to boost your nutrition and make your microbes happy is to just first notice how different foods make you feel. Do you feel sluggish? Do you feel energized? Do you feel kind of, you know, gurgly in the tummy? Those are things to notice. You can notice that with your very next meal. Just pay attention. And everybody is different. I mean, people react differently to different foods. So just notice what works for you. Don't skip meals. This was such an interesting thing that the psychologist told me when I was interviewing them for this story. Skipping meals 
can make you feel so anxious. Even even if you're just like, oh, I skipped the meal because I was super busy and I just haven't had a chance to eat yet. It can put your temper on edge. That's that hangry thing, right? And it can also give you that anxious feeling when actually all you needed was a little bit of food. It has to do with our blood sugars and, and just our our balance in our bodies. So try not to skip meals. Even if you just have something small, have something. And then get curious about food. I mean, maybe there's a vegetable that you never tried that you like. Or order a salad on the side next time you order some food. Or just pick up some, well, here's one of my favorite hacks, frozen spinach. I put frozen spinach in all kinds of stuff. I just microwave it and then I mix it into rice or pasta or with eggs or whatever. And you can just always have it in the freezer. It's not expensive. And then you're adding greens, really healthy greens to your meals. So those are a few ways to support your nutrition, to support your mental health. And then finally, exercise. There's like a bajillion studies showing that exercise is one of the best things we can do for our body and our brain. It improves our circulation. It keeps our brain sharp. It reduces stress. It creates feel-good chemicals like endorphins. Exercise is awesome for all of us. For me, I used to always think of exercise in terms of my appearance, how it would make me look, if I could be skinny, if I could be fit. But as I've gotten older, I really think exercise is not about how I look and all about how I feel. And it's really liberating to approach exercise this way because it means I don't have to kill myself in the gym. I don't have to run five miles a day. I can just get some kind of movement that warms me up a little, gets my heart rate going, and that counts. Scientific studies have also shown that exercise is a natural antidepressant. It's been proven to be as effective as an antidepressant for people with mild symptoms. So instead of taking a pill, you could just get some regular exercise. And the best part is any movement counts. It's not about, I got to go for 30 minutes, three times a week. I mean, that would be ideal. And that's what the uh, national standards recommend. But any movement counts. If you're sedentary now, just walking around the block a couple nights a week would make a big difference in your energy, your circulation, your mood, your stress levels. It seems too good to be true because exercise is free and accessible to most of us, but it is truly like the miracle drug we've all been waiting for. And you have access to it right now. Maybe you're walking as you listen to this podcast. That's one of my favorite things to do. So You already know you're supposed to exercise, but when you think about, for me, thinking about it as something I do for my brain more than something I do for my appearance or my abs or something makes it more appealing because I can do any movement and it counts. So here's a couple tips for incorporating more exercise into your life. The easiest probably is go for a walk. If you can walk and that feels comfortable to you, just walk around the block. Being outdoors has its own series of benefits, but just walking around the block after dinner before you settle in to watch TV can make a big difference, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. This is the advice I'm always giving to my dad, like, go for a walk after dinner. He doesn't always do it. Another one, and this is a super fun one, is to put on some good music and just dance. Just dance in your living room. Dance in the bathroom if you're like, don't want anyone to see you. It's A great way to get your heart rate up, to get your energy up, and to really lift your spirits, too. 
You can vigorously clean your apartment. You can wash your car by hand. You can do gardening. Anything that gets the body moving counts. Another thing to remember, and this is something I really try to remember, is to stretch during the day, particularly if you sit at a desk or sit at a computer all day. Get up and stretch. Put your arms above your head. Roll your neck from side to side. I'm doing it now as I say this. Just open up your body. That counts as exercise too. Any amount of movement is better than no movement. So just get moving. So that's kind of a recap of that first article that I did for Shondaland.com. Embrace the basics of sleep, nutrition, and exercise. There'll be a link in the show notes if you want to read the article and hear directly from the experts who I interviewed for it. And for the next few weeks, I will bring you another installment weekly from my Shondaland series, A Path to Wellbeing. Next week, we'll be talking about the importance of relationships and staying connected. And then finally, I wrote something for you. I just wrote a little mini ebook. I've been working on it for the last couple of weeks and I just finished it. It is called The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide, and it includes 10 quick things you can do to feel better fast, like these things take less than two minutes to do, and they're all scientifically proven to bring about relaxation. And it also has five other things you can do that take a little longer to put into practice, more like habits, some of which we just talked about here in this episode, that you can do to create long-term resilience greater ease going forward. These are things you get to keep. So we've got the acute tricks and then the longer term tricks. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that if you want to download this free ebook. I'm really proud of it. I just finished it. So I hope it's helpful. And I thank you so much for listening. I hope this information resonates with you as much as it does with me. I love knowing that I have some agency over my well-being, over my mental health, and especially that some of the things are really accessible. They're so obvious that we just straight overlook them. So I hope this is a good reminder that you can do more. You have more power than you think when it comes to your well-being, and it just takes a teeny bit of effort, maybe more than a teeny bit, but that it's so worth it because feeling at ease in our brains and our bodies is so priceless. So thank you again for listening. You can always find me on Instagram if you want to let me know what you thought. I'm at you know Sandy. There'll be a link in the notes, of course. And I'm just, I so appreciate you listening. I hope this is helpful and encouraging. And I, I'm so grateful for you. So have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide, packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.